0: I'm Pastor Gillespie, St. John Evangelical Lutheran Church and School, Sherman Center in Random Lake, Wisconsin. So glad to have you with us here this morning for our congregation at prayer. Our reading for catechesis today is about a a boy being healed um, who is possessed by a demon. There's quite a bit in it, actually. It's not a long reading, but uh, I think we'll have quite a bit to discuss, so look forward to that. All right, let's begin. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. We say our memory verse together. But now, having been set free from sin, and having become slaves of God, you have your fruit to holiness and the end everlasting life. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Romans 6, verses 22 to 23. Now I mentioned uh, yesterday, no it wasn't yesterday, the other day that there was an interesting heading on this psalm. Uh, the heading is a song, a psalm of the sons of Korah to the chief musician set to Mahalath Leonorath, a contemplation of Haman, the Ezraite. Now, Haman, um, the Ezraite, um, and Ethan, and Chalcol, and Darda, the sons of Mahal, and his, um, these were some of the wise men named in 1 Kings chapter 4, which comes right before Solomon uh, building the temple. Alright, so it says, God gave Solomon wisdom and exceedingly great understanding and largeness of heart like the sand of the seashore, The Solomon's wisdom excelled the wisdom of all men from the east and the wisdom of Egypt, for he was wiser than all men. Then Ethan the Ezrahite and Haman, Chalcol and Darda, the sons of Mahal, and his fame was in all the surrounding nation. He spoke 3,000 proverbs, and his songs were 1,005. This is all speaking of Solomon. All right, so there's um, Haman mentioned. And uh, the the word for uh, contemplation is is mosquil, which is a little bit, i say it's a fine translation. So, there you go. That's who wrote
1: this psalm.
0: We pray it. O Lord God of my salvation, I cry out day and night before you. Let my prayer come before you, incline your ear to my cry. For my soul is full of troubles, and my life draws near to Sheol. I am counted among those who go down to the pit. I am a man who has no strength, like one set loose among the dead, like the slain that lie in the grave, like those whom you remember no more, for they are cut off from your hand. You have put me into the depths of the pit, in the regions dark and deep. Your wrath lies heavy upon me and you overwhelm me with all your waves. You have caused my companions to shun me. You have made me a horror to them. I am shut in so that I cannot escape. My eye grows dim through sorrow. Every day I call upon you, O Lord, I spread out my hands to you. Do you work wonders for the dead? Do the departed rise up to praise you? Is your steadfast love declared in the grave and your faithfulness in Abaddon? Are your wonders known in the darkness or your righteousness in the land of forgetfulness? But I, O Lord, cry to you. In the morning my prayer comes before you. O Lord, why do you cast my soul away? Why do you hide your face from me? Afflicted and close to death from my youth up, I suffer your terrors. I am helpless. Your wrath has swept over me. Your dreadful assaults destroy me. They surround me like a flood all day long. They close in on me together. You have caused my beloved and my friend to shun me. My companions have become darkness. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. As it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. First reading is from Isaiah 44. Thus says the Lord your Redeemer, and he who formed you from the womb, I am the Lord who makes all things, who stretches out the heavens all alone, who spreads abroad the earth by myself, who frustrates the signs of the babblers and drives diviners mad, who turns wise men backward and makes their knowledge foolishness, who confirms the word of his servant and performs the counsel of his messengers, who says to Jerusalem, You shall be inhabited, and to the cities of Judah, You shall be built, and I will raise up her waste places. Who says to the deep, Be dry, and I will dry up your rivers. Who says to, of Cyrus, He is my shepherd, and he shall perform all my pleasure. Saying to Jerusalem, You shall be built, and to the temple, Your foundation shall be laid.
1: There ends the reading. It strikes me
0: that uh, those who argue for the capacity of mankind uh, to do great things fail to see that in the scriptures, especially from the prophet here, Isaiah, um, that it is the Lord alone who, who does all things, who makes all things, who stretches out the heavens, who spreads the earth, who frustrates, who builds up, who confirms, who performs, right? It's all the Lord's work. Uh, and he is the one who does it, right? And we need only sit back, be quiet, <laughs> and receive, as Moses says, uh, to the people of Israel before they uh, pass through the Red Sea on dry land, as it says here, I will dry up your rivers. All right, our reading for catechesis is from Matthew 17. And when they had come to the multitude, a man came to him, kneeling down to him, saying, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is an epileptic and suffers severely, for he often falls into the fire and often into the water. So I brought him to your disciples, but they could not cure him. Then Jesus answered and said, O faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him here to me. And Jesus rebuked the demon, and it came out of him, and the child was cured from that very hour. Then the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, Why could we not cast it out? So Jesus said to them, Because of your unbelief, for assuredly, I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you shall or will say to this mountain, Move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. However, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. There ends the reading.
1: All right. So glad to have you all joining
0: us. I see you checking in on Facebook and the chat. That's great. All right. So, some questions uh, What happened when they returned? Uh, to the multitude. Remember yesterday was the mountain of transfiguration and so they went up by themselves, Peter, James, and John, along with Jesus, and now they come back down the mountain and they rejoin the multitude who are waiting. Yeah, and a man uh, comes to Jesus and kneels before him, right? And what did he want? Beautiful prayer here. Mercy, right, for his son, an epileptic. Know something about that? Having Uh, Five children with epilepsy, in my house, and on various seizure meds. I understand that. Um,
1: In this particular case, how bad was his epilepsy?
0: Yeah, he often fell into the fire and often into water. Uh, This does remind me of uh, my daughter, um, well, both Naomi, but uh, now especially Esther, who who have uh, spasms, and they often fall down and uh, can cause injury to themselves. Um, and that's even w- under <laughs> a significant amount of medication. So, yeah, this is serious. Um, it's threatening his life. What's the general usage of the word fire uh, in this gospel? I know we've talked about this before, but it's worth recapping. What is fire uh, for? It can refer to two different things. Uh, usually, in Matthew's gospel, it refers to the fires of judgment or of hell, okay? So for example, uh, Matthew 3, which we already studied, and even now the ax is laid to the root of the trees. Therefore, every tree which does not bear good fruit is cut, is cut down and thrown into the fire. There's that judgment. Indeed, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance, but he who is coming after me is mightier than I whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you, and here, here's the other use in the same uh, the same lesson. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire, his winnowing fan in his hand, and he will thoroughly clean out the threshing floor and gather his wheat into the barn, but he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. So we have both going on there, both usage. One is that fire of judgment or of hell, destruction. But we also there have the purifying fire of the Holy Spirit in baptism. Here's another example from uh, Matthew 5, verse 22. I say to you that whoever is angry with his brother without a cause, shall be in danger of the judgment. Uh, And whoever says to his brother, Raka, shall be in danger of the council. Whoever says, you fool, shall be in danger of, and there it is, hellfire. So quite explicit there. Fires of judgment are called hellfire. Every tree, again in verse, chapter 7, that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. All right, so we had that expression twice already. In uh, chapter 13, remember, uh, with the wheat and the tares, Therefore, as the tares are gathered and burned in the fire, so it will be at the end of the age. Okay. So there again is fires of judgment. Um, and then just a couple of verses later. Well, I'll just keep reading. The son of man will send his angels. They will gather out his kingdom and all things that offend and those who practice lawlessness and will cast them into the furnace of fire. All right. And then again later in the parable of the dragnet. Uh, separate the wicked from among the just and cast them into the furnace of fire. There there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. So we've heard all of those. Um, There's actually similar expressions coming up in chapter 18. You know this reading probably. If your hand or foot causes you to sin, cast it off and cast it from you. It is better for you to enter into life lame or maimed rather than having two hands or two feet to be cast into the everlasting fire. Right, so that's a little unique. If your eye causes you to sin, pluck it out and cast it for you. It is better for you to enter uh, life with one eye than rather than having two eyes to be cast into hellfire or Gehenna fire. I think is a literal translation there, the fires of Gehenna, another name for hell. Uh, and then you'll hear it again in chapter twenty-five. Um, again, this is a parable. Uh, well, actually, it's really not parable. He said it in parable form before with like wheat and tares, uh, sheep and goats, but here um, it's just explicit, talking about the separation of the just from the unjust. Then he will also say to those on his left hand, depart from me, you cursed, into the everlasting fire prepared for the devil and his angels, for I was hungry and you gave me no food, I was thirsty and you gave me no drink, etc. All right. So you see predominantly in Matthew's gospel, with that exception of chapter three, um, referring to fire is a sign of judgment. Uh, of destruction of the last day, uh, but can refer to
1: the purifying fire of the Holy Spirit.
0: All right. Uh, how is the word water used? Now, we already heard some of these. Right? So water, I'm uh, being connected to baptism in chapter 3, which we already heard. Um, but in Matthew's Gospel, water shows up in some interesting ways, and particular to Matthew. So think of that chapter 8, which we already studied. Remember when he casts out um, the demon named Legion, right? So it's a whole herd or a whole group into a herd of swine. Uh, and he said to them, go. So when they went out, they went into the herd of swine and suddenly the whole herd of swine ran violently down the steep place into the sea and perished in the water. That's right. That's not necessarily the water's baptism. That's waters, again, that bring destruction, much like the fire. Um, or we heard back in chapter 14 when we studied this. Peter, um, you know, Jesus is on the, on the sea. Uh, Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come out to you on the water. And he said, come, but Peter, and when Peter had come out of the boat, he walked on the water, went to Jesus. But when he saw that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid and began to sink, crying out, Lord, you know, save me. Remember studying that. And then um, we'll see water again. Chapter twenty-seven. And this is interesting. When Pilate saw that he could not prevail at all, but rather that a tumult was rising, here it is: he took water and washed his hands before the multitude, saying, "I am innocent of the blood of this just person." You see to it. Right. So yes, water is connected to baptism back in chapter three, to the demons being drowned we heard in chapter eight, Peter walking on water to Jesus, which is in chapter fourteen, and then. Um, in chapter 27, Pilate's use of water is a reminder that all who are baptized into Christ are declared to be innocent of this man's blood. Uh, little did Pilate know what he was signifying there. <laughs> um, what is, so what does this description of the boy imply? Right? He throws himself into the, or falls into the fire and into the water. Those are both, as we saw back in chapter three, bap- when they're put together, that was a baptism picture, right? So it's the need of this boy uh, to be delivered through baptism that will rescue him in body and soul from falling into the fires of hell or drowning in the sea. But actually, as Paul would say, the old Adam drowns in baptism. Um, so the man, rightly, like brings the boy to Jesus, or not to Jesus first, to the disciples, right? Um, and what happened when he was brought to them? Well, they even ask him here in, 20, in 19... They couldn't cast him out. Now, how does Jesus describe not this man, right? You see how he brought him to your disciples, but they could not cure him. Jesus refers to his disciples in really harsh language here in verse 17, right? He refers to them as a faithless and perverse generation. And then he asks two rhetorical questions Yeah, how long shall I be with you? And how long shall I bear with you? And the answer is. How long? <laughs> well, is, it, is his mercy, or his mercies never uh, never ending? <laughs> of course, right? Um, specifically, he's going to be with them always, even into the end of the age. Think Matthew 28, <laughs> Verse nine, or 20, excuse me. Lo, I will be with you always, even to the end of the ages, right? So he bears with them um, to the point of death upon the cross. He is with them always, even to the end of the age. So, yes, it's a rhetorical question, but uh, it does show also, um, you know, the, the, I guess, frustration of God with his people, right? And how faithless they are, and yet how faithful he is to them. Um, when was the child cured? What does it say there? Verse 18. At that very hour, this is a, uh, interesting expression, because it, it's been, we've heard it twice already, I think, in Matthew. We heard it back in Matthew 8 um, with the centurion's servant, right, that was healed at that very same hour. We also heard it um, in the following chapter in, in Matthew uh, 9 with the woman who had the flow of blood and touched the hem of his garment, right? And the woman was made well from that very hour, from that very time, right? In both cases.
1: I don't know if there's more that needs to be said about that.
0: Um, what did the disciples then want to know? Yeah, why couldn't we cast them out? And the reason, again, as he said when he declared it in verse 17, then he repeats it again here in verse 20. Yeah, it's because of their little faith. Um, it's interesting that it's translated here as unbelief. Um, I think properly translated, it's, it's small faith, your small faith. They think too little of Jesus would be another way of saying that. What does he tell the disciples they could do if they had even the faith of a mustard seed? (laughs) Yeah, to tell a mountain to move, and it would. Nothing would be impossible. Of course, that um, is lifted out of this context and often meant to mean all sorts of things, which I don't think it does. It's very specifically here. If you thought even uh, of Jesus as a mustard seed, Then there would be great things that would happen amongst you, right? And of course he's far more than that. Uh, how does this compare to a statement in uh, Matthew 21? I'll read it for you, and then you can tell me how it compares. Jesus answered and said to them, Assuredly, I say to you, if you have faith and do not doubt, you will not only do what was done to this to the fig tree. But also if you say to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, it will be done. And whatever things you ask in prayer, believing, you will receive. All right. So again, we have the same expressions. If you have faith, don't doubt. Um, You say to the mountain, be removed and cast into the sea. Um, It's a little bit expanded here. Whatever you ask in prayer, that is faithful prayer, asking, believing, you will receive. Yeah, it's a little bit different. And the mountain here, uh, notice it said, as I read it to you, this mountain. So he's referring to Mount Zion. He's referring to Jerusalem. And this was after his entry into Jerusalem. right? So even if they asked Jerusalem to be cast into the sea, it would be done. How does one cause this kind of demon to go out then, according to Jesus? It's interesting because you know, Matthew kind of gives us the... Uh, the scientific or the biological kind of explanation, right? He's an epileptic and suffers severely. But Jesus says, no, this is actually demonic, right? This is a work of the devil or his host um, to undermine faith, right? And so how is it cast out? By the weapons of faith.
1: That is, by prayer and fasting. All right.
0: Meditation on this text, the real danger the boy faced was the fires of hell and perishing with the unclean demons. Jesus has come to bear the suffering of the cross in his body, that he might remove this curse and by his resurrection restore our bodies to life. Those who have been purified with the fire of the Holy Spirit in the waters of baptism need not fear perishing in the waters as did those who died in the days of the flood. Faith trusts in in the Christ who releases our bodies from the power of death in the baptismal waters and then feeds our bodies with his own body and blood to preserve us from the fires of hell. In these means, the Lord rescues us by his word, for nothing is impossible with God. Such authority has now been given to those who preach the gospel, that through the word of Christ we may not be cast into the depths of the sea or fall into the fires of hell. And there you go. Speaking of let's confess the second article of the Creed and what Christ has done for us. What does this mean? I believe that Jesus Christ, true God, begotten of the Father from eternity, and also true man, born of the Virgin Mary, is my Lord, who has redeemed me, a lost and condemned person, purchased and won me from all sins, from death and from the power of the devil, not with gold or silver, but with his holy precious blood, and with his innocent suffering and death, that I may be his own, and live under him in his kingdom, and serve him in everlasting righteousness, innocence, and blessedness, just as he is risen from the dead, lives and reigns to all eternity. This is most certainly true. All right. Let us pray. We pray for marriage and family, that husbands and wives, parents and children, live in ordered harmony, according to the word of God. We pray for parents who must rear their children alone. pray for our communities and neighborhoods. We pray for those who are first responders, doctors, and nurses, and work in nursing homes and hospitals. We pray for an end to all of our anxious thoughts and constant worry. We pray for deliverance from pestilence, sedition, and rebellion. And we pray for our military personnel. On this day, we rejoice in the gift of marriage that you have given to Tim and Kim. We pray in thanksgiving uh, for, for the healing given to Barb for the years of service given to St. John by Cassie, for the gift of life for Benjamin, and for 10 years of service that you have given uh, to me. We also pray for those who are ill or recovering and in need of healing. Marcella, Jan, Autumn Gooding, who had surgery yesterday, David, Carol, Brad, Janet, and Carol, Sandy, Linda, Joan, Ken, and Aaron, We pray for those who are grieving, especially family and friends of John Borgenhagen and Jim Geiser. We pray for those who are isolated at home due to COVID-19 or homebound um, because they live in a a facility, especially Willis and Janice, Mickey and Bev. We pray for our missionaries, especially the Federwitz family. For all this, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. We pray the Collect. O God, whose never-failing providence orders all things, both in heaven and earth, we humbly implore you to put away from us all hurtful things and to give us those things that are profitable for us. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread May please you. For into my into your hands I commend myself, my body and soul and all things. Let your holy angel be with me, that the evil foe may have no power over me. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. All right, we sing our hymn.
2: Sing praise to God, the highest God, the author of creation, the God of love who understood our need for His salvation. With healing all our souls, To God, all praise and glory. What God's all mighty power has made in mercy, he has given for he evening's shade, his eye is I his. Within the kingdom of his might, all things are just and good and right. To God all praise and glory. We sought the Lord in heart trust. O God, in mercy cheer us. Our Savior saw our helplessness and came with peace to cheer us. For this we thank and praise the Lord who is by one and all. To God all praise and glory. He never shall forsake his blood, His chosen generation. He is their refuge and their rod, Their peace and their salvation as with a mother's tender hand he leads his own his chosen hand to God all praise and glory all who confess Christ holy Give God the praise and glory. Let all who know his power proclaim All of the wondrous glory. Cast every idol from its throne, For God is God and he
0: All right, there's our congregation of prayer for today, July 29th, 2020. So glad to have you with us. Uh, A reminder that tonight, 7.30 p.m. uh, Central Time, we have our uh, weekly Bible study. Uh, We continue our study of 1 Corinthians. We're in chapter be in chapter 12, all right? So join us this evening, 7.30. Again, if that's a little late for you, uh, feel free to watch it on replay uh, tomorrow and post your comments and questions and whatnot below. But I hope you can join us live. It makes it a little bit more interactive and interesting that way. So Lord be with you all, and we'll see you again soon.